0: Enemies Closer Part 1 of the Enemies with Benefits series Written by Unproblematic Me Read by Literarian Summary Crowley is glad the world doesn't end. But it gets boring sometimes, and the only immortal beings on Earth besides him are now the Antichrist and the annoying emissary of Heaven who has been a thorn in Crowley's side from the beginning. Armageddon was a messy affair. Crowley really did not like the catastrophes, the weather or the monstrosities. This morning it was especially bad. At first, a sudden earthquake had caused him to spill his coffee, a storm had broken his bedroom window, and a bunch of locusts had eaten his balcony plants. Of course, nothing he could not fix with a miracle, but inconvenient nonetheless. So he really did not need a summoning. And especially not such a strong one. Usually, when he was summoned, it was his decision to follow the call or not. The power of the practitioner was never strong enough to force him. He often went, though, because he loved messing with people. Now, however, he found himself pulled in and dragged into a magical spiral. When the world disappeared, he blinked and noticed... "'surprised that he was at an airbase. "'Around the circle that bound him "'stood a strange group of five humans, "'far from the usual edgy goth teens "'playing with dark magic to either be cool or pass the time. Three kids, a girl and two boys, "'all around eleven maybe, "'stared at Crowley with wide eyes. "'A fourth kid, Another boy appeared to be less shocked, and his scrutiny was more curious than scared. The fifth was an attractive young woman. Her dark hair waved in the wind, a long black skirt fluttered around her legs, and her night-blue blouse, while very becoming, was a bit old-fashioned. Everything about her screamed, witch. In her hands she held a silver bowl, green smoke rising up from it. "'This better be good, sweetheart,' Crowley told the woman in a dark and low voice. "'I do not appreciate being summoned against my will.' "'I'll explain in a minute,' she said, infuriatingly polite and casual. "'With that,' she turned her face sideward. Crowley followed her gaze and spotted another summoning circle. It was similar to the one he stood in, but made of slightly different runes. It was glowing, which indicated that the witch had already cast her spells and the creature in question was dragged here. Sure enough... A few seconds later, a whirl appeared inside the circle, and a figure stumbled out. It was a short man, a bit chubby, with a pretty cherub face, dressed in ridiculous tartan clothes. Crowley rolled his eyes and groaned. Ah, Raphael the harmless-looking but frustratingly capable emissary of heaven that permanently butted into Crowley's business. It had been that way from the beginning of time, but especially after the Antichrist had been born, Crowley and Hazirafel had butted heads regularly, both trying to raise the score for their side in the game's end phase. Crowley was loath to admit, but Aziraphale was a much better and skilled opponent than a stuffy old bookworm had any right to be. He was clever, resourceful and very good at influencing humans. Of course, Crowley prided himself in having ruined a lot of Aziraphale's plans as well. So while Crowley did not want to spend the last hours of Earth in Aziraphale's company, he was sure that this feeling was mutual. For now, Aziraphale stood in the circle, straightened his old-fashioned waistcoat with an indignant expression on his face, and tuttered at the young witch who stood outside the circle. A summoning, Miss Device? Really? he said, disapprovement dripping from his words. I was in the middle of something important. Fighting demons? One of the boys asked excitedly. Um, uh, well, no, I was... Well, it was very important. <laughs> what? Crowley laughed. Drinking tea with your book club over your latest read? I know it's not as sophisticated as cheap rum in a dirty bar, Aziraphale countered with pursed lips. But it's always nice to talk to people who can read. I can read just fine. Oh, I'm sure you basically devoured dozens of drink menus. I'll have you know, Angel. I'm sure there is nothing you know that I don't, dear boy. Okay, listen now, you arrogant, annoying. Excuse me, interrupted the woman, apparently Miss Device. Right, Miss Device. Aze Raphael took his eyes off Crowley as if he was just a minor annoyance. It is rather rude to summon an angel. Uh, excuse me, Crowley said. It's not exactly deemed polite among demons either. Aziraphale scoffed. Oh, I'm sure we're all very interested to learn about the etiquette of hell, but I want to hear why Miss Device interrupted my uh, work. You said to call you when I had a plan. The woman said, "I did have a phone in mind, dear, but I admit that it can be interpreted in different ways." fell sighed. So, you think you found a way to stop? He gestured towards the dark and stormy sky. This. Crowley could not help his heart skipping a beat. It was impossible, of course. Silly human optimism. Hoping in vain sure was a specialty of them but a part of him wished it was true. The woman smiled at Crowley. I apologise for the summoning, but I had to be fast, she said. My name is Anathema Device, and thanks to well-informed sources, I know that you, as well as Aziraphale over there, don't want the world to end. Yeah, well, even if this was true, Crowley said with a shrug, It's not really my decision, and not Whitefeathers over there, either. This is Adam, Anathema said, putting her hand on one of the boy's shoulders. He is the Antichrist. Nah, Crowley said. The Antichrist is some posh kid in a fancy house outside London. How do you know? Anathema asked with a raised eyebrow. Crowley opened his mouth to say something, but closed it again. How did he know? He had given the baby to a satanic nun and then gone to get drunk. Haster took care of the child's education later because Crowley had wiggled out of it. He had had no interest in spending Earth's last years with babysitting. So who knew? Maybe the wrong baby had ended up in Huster's care. My dear, Aziraphale addressed Anathema again, his voice sweet but condescending. If he was the Antichrist, he wouldn't be in favour of stopping the apocalypse. But I am, the kid in question exclaimed. I don't want the world to end. I like it, most of it. I mean, I don't like Wednesdays because it's vegetable day at school. Cleaning my room is no fun either. But I have my friends and the woods and the fields and a dog now. This is a hellhound, by the way, Azira fell pointed at the small dog by Adam's side. You know that? I know that he is a good dog, Adam said. He helped snapping me out of it when I almost ended it. Adam managed to slow it down, Anathema said. But two people, an archangel, I think, and something similar from hell, were here and did something to his head. It becomes harder for him to resist. (laughs) No surprise here, honey. Crowley laughed without humour. Neither heaven nor hell appreciate people messing with their plans. ''Well, I intend to do it anyway,'' Anathema said, her nose up, her chin straight. ''I will free Adam's mind from their influence and balance out light and dark in his soul.'' ''Will you now?'' ''Yes, I prepared a spell,'' she said confidently. ''Just two ingredients missing.'' ''Which would be?'' Crowley asked. ''Really?'' Aziraphale mocked. Angelic energy and demonic energy, obviously. Else we wouldn't be here. Right, Anathema said with a nod. Your power, she nodded at Crowley, will have to counteract what the archangel that was here did to him, while yours, she said to Aziraphale, will have to balance out what Hell's representative did. ''What makes you think we'll do that?'' Crowley asked. ''I'm a demon. I'm evil. I don't care about the world, and he,'' he gestured towards Aziraphale, ''is an angel. He won't go against heaven. Thinking for himself isn't exactly his strong suit.'' (laughs) ''Ha!'' Aziraphale exclaimed. This is rich, coming from a member of the group which blindly followed Lucifer into his doom. Well, at least we question things. Oh, and now, Ian Slater, did you get your answers? Did Lucifer provide them? Well, at least he did talk to us, unlike some other powerful being we know. I'm
1: sure she has
0: her. A... Anathema cleared her throat. "'Again about the world ending,' she said pointedly. "'I know the two of you don't want the world to end.' "'Oh, really?' Crowley smirked. "'How so?' "'Anathema pressed the silver bowl into Adam's hand and reached into her bag. "'She pulled out an old book, presenting it proudly.' The Nice and Accurate Prophecies of Agnes Nutter, which was the name, and it did not ring any bells for Crowley. But he heard the angel in his circle gasp.
1: Are you... Uh, is
0: that... The usually so eloquent Aziraphale stammered. Are you... Yes, it is. Anathema nodded. Told you my intel is reliable. I know that you two are neither cruel enough to let humanity die out, nor interested in living after the rules of your brethren.
1: Well, I promised I'd help you if you find a way, and if Agnes Nutter thinks there is a way...
0: Aziraphale smiled.
1: What do you need me to do?
0: You two just release a surge of energy into the bowl, Anathema said. That should free Adam from the restrictions caused by heaven and hell, and he can stop Armageddon. All right, Aziraphale said. But later, I'll need your help too, Adam. With what? Adam asked. Anathema is right. I like the world as is, Aziraphale said. I'd also like to live in it. But if I go against the great plan, I'll end up in a cell in heaven at best, or, at worst, I'll end up dead. What can I do? Adam wanted to know.
1: When Anathema's spell succeeds, you'll get your powers back, and reality will listen to you again,
0: Aziraphale said.
1: You'll be the most powerful being in the universe again.
0: You want protection? Adam asked. Yes, make it so that neither heaven nor hell can hurt me, Aziraphale said. Crowley gestured wildly in his circle. Wait, 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 he said. You can do that, boy. Then I want that too. Give me that Antichrist protection pack as well, and we have a deal. Of course. Adam said with a smile. I won't let anyone hurt members of my team. So, we're all on the same page? Anathema asked. We are! Azir Rafael smiled.
1: Looks like it. For
0: a while, it was great to indulge in going to parties, having sex, watching movies and drinking alcohol without hell interrupting with a job. Now, however, all parties seemed alike. Sex with humans was weird and restricted, sex with demons off the table, since Crowley had cut ties with hell. He knew the lines of his favourite movies by heart now, and it grew boring to watch them again and again. And alcohol? Well, alcohol was still all right. The days blurred into one another and felt astonishingly long. Time moved slowly, and Crowley had a lot of it. An endless amount, actually. Aziraphale and he had decided to leave each other alone, so it was not to be expected to get into a fight with the angel any time soon. At first, Crowley had not really trusted the angel, since he was known to find loopholes and twist words, but Aziraphale appeared to be content with reading, eating, theater visits, reading, having tea, going to the museum, and reading. Crowley had to admit that he was bored to death. This was the only reason he accepted the invitation to the flea market, a very exclusive secret event for the rich and bored where they could purchase magical artifacts. Crowley had attended two times in the past and found it to be rather uninteresting. Most of the offered objects were not magical at all, and those that were, were only half as powerful as advertised. Sure, for those who were not confronted with magic on a daily basis, a blanket which could heat itself up to the needs of its owner was a fantastic thing. But for those who could heat up every blanket up to the perfect temperature with a snap of their fingers, It was a bit dull and pointless. This time, however, Crowley noticed, surprised, that one of the merchants had items on display which emanated strong magical powers. Grown interested, he stepped closer. Unfortunately, the majority of the objects were weapons and over the millennia, Crowley had already gathered enough to defend himself against angry supernatural creatures. Sighing, he was about to leave when his eyes fell on a pair of nondescript glasses. With a charming smile, he waved over the blonde lady who stood next to the display and asked, What's this? This? she smiled. It's a transdimensional observer. Ah, yes, of course, he said, tilting his head. And that means? She chuckled. (laughs) It means that it lets you see alternative universes, she explained. Oh, cool. Can I try? Sure. They're only thirty-five thousand pounds. Darling, Crowley said, looking at her over the rim of his sunglasses... For this price, I should get a test ride, shouldn't I? She studied him, a smile tugging at her lips as she considered him. Fine, she said. Should be enough to convince you that they are worth their price. We'll see. Crowley put away his own glasses and grabbed the magical ones. Carefully, he put them on, and for a moment... Nothing happened. Then it did. Whoa, Crowley said. Crowley waltzed into the bookshop like he owned the place, and the expression on Aziraphale's face was an amusing amalgam of surprise, anger and curiosity. After a while, he recovered and cast Crowley a mocking look. I'm afraid we're out of pompous sunglasses and ridiculous trousers, Raphael said. And I wouldn't know what else I could help you with. Very funny, Crowley said. I'm not here to buy something.
1: Ah, I see. May I recommend a book about the concept of
0: shops, then? Crowley rolled his eyes. With a snap of his fingers, the door locked and the sign turned to closed. Excuse me, Aziraphale said, full of indignation. It's Thursday. I only close up shop this early on Thursday when it rains. It doesn't rain. Will you shut up for a second, Crowley said. I'm here with a suggestion.
1: Oh, what kind of suggestion?
0: I suggest we have sex. Aziraphale blinked. It took a few seconds before he opened his mouth and a few more before he actually answered. Excuse me, dear, he said. You might have to repeat that. I must have misheard. I heard something about Us having sex. That's exactly what I said. Crowley stepped closer. Look, I was at a secret trade market for magical items. You know, they are usually not very magical. Course I know that, Crowley said, indignant. Hence my surprise when I stumbled upon real powerful magic there. That makes sense, Raphael said. But how does this lead to you and me fornicating in your head? This lady that sold the stuff also had a trans-delusional blob server and I...
1: She had a what now?
0: Some dookie to look into other worlds. That would be a trans-dimensional observer, dear. Didn't I say that? Azzy Raphael closed his eyes and let out an exasperated breath then he shook his head and made a dismissive gesture with his hand no matter he said what about the transdimensional observer well i looked through it and saw me crowley said well other versions of me They didn't always look exactly like me, sometimes even vastly different, but I... kinda... just knew they were me. Does that make sense? Um, yes. Aziraphale nodded. Maybe we're connected to other versions of ourselves in a way and can recognize ourselves in other universes. Yeah, exactly. I was connected with them, Crowley said. And they were all with you. Well, other yous, obviously. Snogging, making out, fucking like rabbits.
1: Could you not be so blunt, please?
0: All right. Crowley sighed and rolled his eyes. They were all fornicating with other yous. And they were balanced... "'Contented, happy. "'From the looks of it, the other yous were too. "'Wanna see?' "'Crowley fished the magical glasses out of his pocket. "'You bought them?' "'Sure I did. "'They were only thirty-five thousand quid.' "'All right.' "'Aziraphale took the glasses from Crowley "'and put them on his nose.' His gaze grew distant, and he gasped. For a minute, Crowley let Aziraphale see whatever the glasses showed him, then took them off Aziraphale's nose. And Crowley asked, Are the other ewes happy? Oh, they are, Aziraphale nodded, swallowing hard. Very, very happy. Pah!
1: Good Lord, they're happy. See?
0: Well, yes, I saw, Raphael said hesitantly.
1: And I'm very happy for my trans-dimensional counterparts, but I still don't see what this has to do with us. Different worlds are just that. Different. What is good for them?
0: Are you happy? Contented? Balanced? Crowley asked. Because I'm not. Since Armageddon, or lack thereof, something feels off. Something's not right. I... Aziraphale turned his gaze to the side and fell silent for a while.
1: No, can't say I am. Which is odd, you know. I have everything I need right here. My shop, my customers, Earth, I can still follow my interests. And now, without the fear
0: of... Suddenly having it ripped away from you? Crowley asked. Surprised, Aziraphale turned back to him.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Yeah, I got that too, Crowley admitted. Always loved Earth, you know. Beautiful world. And humans. Crazy lot, but there's something about them, right? There sure is, Aziraphale smiled.
1: So I get it,
0: Crowley said. I always loved it here, but was afraid to enjoy it. Now that I could, something is wrong. Hmm, Azirafel nodded. But still... Look, as I said, I was connected to them. These other Crowleys fucked these other Azirafels and they were happy, not missing. Maybe we just need to take the edge off. Almost Apocalypse did a number on me and sure on you as well. I suppose the other... Uses had an arrangement to blow off steam together, and that's the difference. Crowley carefully watched Aziraphale's face. He knew the angel and recognized the crumbling resolve. But crumbling did not mean falling. What do you want? Crowley asked. Rare books. I have great connections. Excuse me, Aziraphale said, irritated. You think I would prostitute myself for books? I don't know, Aziraphale, Crowley said with a shrug. What would you prostitute yourself for? I wouldn't at all. But I must admit, I did always want to try sex, Aziraphale said. However... Even now, with heaven out of my hair, it seems odd to do it with humans. It is, Crowley exclaimed. With humans, it's super odd. Let me tell you, they... No, no, please don't tell me, Aziraphale said, raising his hand. Just no humans. See, and the other angels hate you now. Oh, they hated me before, Aziraphale said with a wave of his hand and a strangely vulnerable expression that Crowley did not care for. The demon tried shaking off, the inappropriate sympathy bubbling up.
1: Anyway, thanks for the reminder,
0: Aziraphale sighed. You
1: hate me too,
0: by the way. True. "'But I would sleep with you despite it.' "'Touching,' Aziraphale said sardonically. "'After a moment of silence, he said, "'Fine. How do we proceed?' "'Inwardly, Crowley was triumphant, "'but he remained calm and just shrugged. "'We can do it now or tomorrow or next week.' If you want to let it sink in, Crowley grinned, instead of letting me sink in.
1: Yes, please don't do that,
0: Aziraphale said with a roll of his eyes.
1: No, now is fine. I shouldn't give myself a chance to overthink. Anything else?
0: Crowley furrowed his brows and thought about it. I like to be in charge, but I suppose that's okay with you, since you've never done that, he said. Right. I like it rough. Just say no if it's too much. All right. For a moment, an awkward silence fell between them. Crowley decided to break it, before Aziraphale would change his mind. Okay, he said. You want to come to my place with me, or...? Let's go to my bedroom, Aziraphale suggested. Familiar territory to ease my nerves. I hope that's fine. Absolutely. Raphael's bedroom was small, or at least it appeared to be most likely due to the bulky furniture made of dark wood in a long-gone era. A large bookshelf lined the wall opposite the bed, leaving just enough space to pass through the narrow door, which probably led to a bathroom. Next to the entrance, Crowley spotted an elegant closet and underneath the window stood a small writing desk and a chair. The bed itself looked simple, but sturdy and cosy. Crowley was used to silken covers and sheets, but Aziraphale's choice of cream-coloured cotton certainly would do. Aziraphale walked over to the window and closed the curtains. When he turned back, his cheeks were pink, he gazed towards the ground and fidgeted with his fingers. Um, I suppose we should be naked? he asked. Crowley sauntered over to the nightstand where he put down his glasses. In a suave move, he leant himself against the closet and smirked. You first, angel, he said, waggling his eyebrows. Oh, all right, Aziraphale Raphael said to Crowley's surprise and started stripping. Crowley could not deny that this was awkward. Never before had sex involved any prior negotiation. But despite the strange conversation still fresh in his mind, Crowley felt his manhood twitch and growing interested as he watched Aziraphale strip. The angel... Annoying as he was, was definitely Crowley's type. With deep blue eyes, the soft features of his face, the generous body, and the inviting round ass. Layer by layer, the silly old-fashioned tartan attire disappeared, revealing beautiful ivory skin and delicious soft swells. Licking his lips, Crowley studied the angel's broad chest, dusted with white blonde hair and the curve of his stomach. Crowley could not stop the appreciative hum and the low growl, escaping him as Aziraphale's trousers fell. Too enticing were the soft thighs presented to him, begging for Crowley to dig his teeth in and rub his cock along the soft white skin. Of course Azirafel heard, and with a smug grin, Crowley noticed the blush on the round cheeks deepen. Raphael was visibly nervous when he removed his underpants. The last piece of clothing on his body, presenting a lovely pink cock already half-hard. Crowley smirked, even though he fared no better. Quite the opposite. Crowley was fully erect, his member rubbing uncomfortably against the material of his tight trousers. With a subtle gesture, Crowley adjusted himself while Aziraphale started to gracefully fold his clothes giving Crowley the chance to study the angel's generous hours and think of all the things he wanted to do to it. After Aziraphale had neatly placed his clothes on his desk, he turned back to face Crowley. Noticing the demon's intense gaze, he looked downwards and started wringing his hands in front of his stomach. No need to hide, Aziraphale, Crowley said, grinning like the cat who had not quite gotten the cream but had already spotted it and decided to circle around it for a moment to prolong the thrill of anticipation. With a casual snap, Crowley miracled his clothes off his body and left them in a messy pile next to the angel's tidy stack. Aziraphale cast him a disapproving look. Really? he asked. You watch me undress for minutes and then do that? With a chuckle, Crowley crossed the room to get closer to Aziraphale. (laughs) I just said you first, he said while he crowded Aziraphale against the desk. I didn't ask for a striptease. Crowley put his hands on Aziraphale's hips. Not that I'm complaining, mind you. Crowley noted how Aziraphale shivered under the touch and could not help a small smile. A six-thousand-year-old virgin. Older even, if one counted the time before time. Cute! Well, it would be cute if this was not a silly angel. Due to the angel's inexperience, he would not be able to tell Crowley what he liked, so Crowley would have to find out. Beginning slowly, Crowley let one hand wander upwards along Aziraphale's side, over his chest and throat, until it reached his face. In a careful motion... Crowley cupped Azirafel's cheek before brushing his lips against Azirafel's. All right, Crowley asked. Azirafel only nodded, but it was enough for Crowley. His patience was running thin, and his erection twitched between his legs, fingers tangling in the soft blonde hair. Crowley grabbed the back of Aziraphale's head and pulled him into a real kiss. At the same time, he closed the gap between their lower bodies as well. A moan escaped Crowley when their hardened members touched, and Aziraphale gasped into Crowley's mouth at the sudden sensation. Tender but insistent, Crowley moved his lips against Aziraphale's, the angel giving in fast, opening up for Crowley, allowing their tongues to meet. Careful at first, but the movement's growing wild and heated soon. Since the angel was lost in the kiss, Crowley took the chance to maneuver the two of them towards the bed. With a surprised yelp, Azirafel broke the kiss when the hollow of his knees collided with the bed frame, but Crowley only chuckled and pushed Aziraphale down to the mattress. Aziraphale let out a small huff but did not protest when Crowley joined him on the bed, crawling over him, watching him like a predator its prey. You're pretty, Aziraphale, Crowley said while his eyes wandered over Aziraphale's body. Thank you, Aziraphale said, surprised. You are very good looking too. Oh, I know, Crowley grinned. But thanks for saying that. He resumed kissing Fell while he started roaming the inviting lush form of the angel with his hands. At first, Azira felt stiffened as this was unfamiliar to him, but soon he relaxed under Crowley's administrations, even carefully reciprocating with shy touches to Crowley's chest and stomach. Crowley smiled into the kiss when he noticed how felt, hands always wandered back up whenever they almost reached Crowley's manhood. Are you shy or a tease, angel? he whispered. Oh, I, I don't know if you would like me to... felt stuttered. Touch my cock? <laughs> Crowley chuckled. I'd like that very much. Aziraphale nodded and let his right hand slide down towards Crowley's erection. Oh, yes! Crowley surprised himself with a sudden exclamation. But Aziraphale's hand felt so good on Crowley's member... His fingers were soft, his hold was tender and still firm. While Aziraphale's lack of experience showed in the insecure expression on his face, the dexterous movements of his hand would not have betrayed him. Crowley threw his head back and groaned. Greedily, he grabbed Aziraphale's broad hips, kneading the flesh while Aziraphale pleasured him. Mm, angel, he hummed, finally making up for all my plans. You ruined. Apology accepted. I have nothing to apologize for, Aziraphale said primly. Accompanied by a clever turn of his hand.
1: If anything, you should apologize to me for insulting my intelligence with your stupid plans.
0: Stupid, eh? Crowley grabbed Aziraphale's hand and reluctantly removed it from his cock. Turn around. What? Why? Crowley looked down at his erection and back at Aziraphale. Wanna take that unprepared?
1: No, I'd rather not. Thought so.
0: Giving one last indignant look, Aziraphale turned around and positioned himself on hands and knees, presenting his lovely butt. Crowley could not help himself and applied a short slap to each cheek, laughing at the little yelps. "'So eagerly offering your ass, he said. "'What would Gabriel say?' Aziraphale scoffed. "'There is a reason I'm not showing him my behind.' Poor thought, doesn't even know what he is missing. Crowley growled before snapping his fingers to create a bottle of lube. It was not easy. Aziraphale was tense, his nerves apparently catching up with him now. (sighs) Crowley made. I won't hurt you. Relax. Raphael nodded, and Crowley took his time, widening and loosening the tight ring of muscle surrounding Crowley's goal. While his fingers moved inside the warm channel, he bit his lips to calm himself down. The anticipation grew. Soon his penis would be in there. In an angel! But Crowley remained patient and was thorough with the preparation. Generous with the lube, Crowley slicked up Aziraphale's entrance once more, as well as his own cock. Needing Aziraphale's ass cheeks, Crowley considered taking him from behind, but decided against it. Crowley would make this angel scream and wanted to see his face while doing so. He manhandled Aziraphale around and held him down while he positioned himself between the soft thighs, aligning his hard cock with the slick opening. Last chance to run from the dangerous wily demon, Aziraphale, Crowley announced. Aziraphale raised a brow and pursed his lips. Wait, you're saying that there are currently two demons in my house? He asked with faked innocence. Bastards! Crowley crushed his lips down on Aziraphale's, invading the hot mouth with his tongue, while simultaneously pushing his member into the tight, wet heat of Aziraphale's body. They moaned, muffled by their kiss, and immediately Crowley started to rock his hips. He buried his face in the slope of Aziraphale's neck, scraping his teeth over the sensitive skin. With a complacent grin, Crowley noted the shiver that went through the divine body at that. Encouraged, he started applying tiny bites in sync with his thrusts, causing Aziraphale to elicit small whimpers and snap his hips upwards. Lightning quick, Crowley grabbed Aziraphale's waist and held him down. Now Crowley bit down hard, plunging his teeth into the snow-white throat, and fell, cried out in bliss. Crowley chuckled darkly against Aziraphale's skin, licking up the salty drops of sweat forming there. He brought his lips to Aziraphale's ear and nibbled at the lobe. What a slut you are, he whispered. I should have known, really. The whole holier-than-thou attitude, just overcompensation. Good thing I'm here to fuck that sanctimonious haughtiness out of you. How dare! felt started, but interrupted himself with a wail of pleasure as Crowley changed the angle of his thrusts perfectly. Again, Aziraphale's hips twitched, but Crowley's harsh grip kept them in place. Helplessly, the angel writhed and moaned underneath Crowley, the rush of power drawing a feral growl from the demon's throat.
1: Hmm, angel?
0: He rumbled into Aziraphale's ear. Feels amazing, doesn't it? Isn't it nice to have found something you're good for? The next moment, Crowley hissed in pain. Aziraphale had bitten him in retaliation for the words, leaving a stinging pain in his left shoulder. Crowley lifted his head and harshly gripped Aziraphale's chin. Little minx! he said, in a mixture of anger and admiration. Should have chained you up. But you didn't. Is that a challenge? Maybe. Quickly, Crowley let go of Aziraphale's hips and face to seize the angel's wrists. Taking them in a rough grip, Crowley tried wrestling Aziraphale down. Raphael struggled against this, but within no time, Crowley had overpowered him and pinned Aziraphale's hands to the mattress on eye level. Crowley had to purse his lips to stop the wide grin from spreading. Raphael was not a warrior at heart. Azirafel did not tend to solve problems in physical altercations, but with his wits. Usually it involved talking. A lot of talking. Still, lack of exercise or not, there was no way Crowley would have submitted fell so easily in an earnest fight. The little angel wanted this. Dirty
1: little thing,
0: Crowley whispered appreciatively. Then he started thrusting harder and faster into the soft body beneath him, making Azirafel cry and moan, rendering him unable of coherent speech. But Crowley, too, could no longer form sentences, instead joining the angel's litany of lustful sounds. Sweat caught in his knitted brows as he chased his own pleasure. He could feel how dark scales broke through the skin along his spine, his growing arousal awakening his true form, usually resting peacefully under his human shape. His dark wings shivered on the ethereal plane, threatening to break out. While his own cock pulsed and twitched inside Aziraphale, Aziraphale's bounced between their stomachs, leaving wet spots on their burning skin.
1: Crowley, please touch me,
0: Aziraphale begged. No, Angel, Crowley groaned. You come from my cock, or you're not coming at all. Please, I... I can't. You can and you will. Crowley lifted his upper body a little so he could adjust his thrusts once more. He grinned, complacent and smug, when he looked down at the disheveled angel, sweat-slick hair clinging to his forehead, his eyes pressed shut in effort, and the pretty pink lips parted, Lovely sounds falling from them. Such a
1: beautiful thing you are.
0: Crowley crooned while he targeted the angel's sweet spot. I'm one lucky bastard. Azira fell through his head from side to side, swaying his hips against Crowley's body, desperately seeking friction. His fingers dug into the sheets, and his needy moans grew louder. It took all of Crowley's self-control not to climax prematurely as he witnessed Aziraphale falling apart. After what felt like an eternity, Aziraphale arched his back, bit his lips, and painted his stomach in white ropes of semen. Yes, Crowley hissed. The velvet walls of Aziraphale's hot channel clenched around Crowley's hard cock, drawing him in even deeper. It did not take long for Crowley to follow Aziraphale over the edge. The tension left Crowley's body, and he slumped, his stomach landing on the pearly liquid Aziraphale had spilled on his. Crowley groaned and pulled out of Aziraphale's body and lifted himself up to stand on wobbly legs. Looking down on Aziraphale, he found the angel panting heavily, appearing exhausted but sated. Good. Crowley was not a selfish lover, not even to an enemy. When Aziraphale opened his eyes after a few seconds, Crowley winked at him and smirked. I hope you enjoyed yourself, Angel, he said, knowing full well that Aziraphale had. I sure had a lot of fun. It was rather lovely, Aziraphale said. Crowley snorted and rose. (laughs) Lovely, he repeated. Should I be insulted? Even you know that lovely is a perfectly positive descriptor, Aziraphale lectured. But if your ego needs more, yes, I tremendously enjoyed myself. Awesome, Crowley pointed towards the door beside the bookshelf. That your bathroom? Mind if I take a shower?
1: Be my guest.
0: (sighs) Raphael said with a yawn he tried to hide behind his hand. Fresh towels are on the rack to the left of the door. The bathroom was functional, but of course impeccable. Crowley took a quick shower and as soon as he was cleaned and dried up, snapped his fingers to put his clothes back on. When he returned to the bedroom, Aziraphale was fast asleep. His body was only half-covered by the blanket, but Crowley fought down the ridiculous urge to tuck Aziraphale in properly. The angel would hardly catch a cold. Crowley was about to leave but before reaching for the door handle, he stopped himself. After a short moment of hesitation, he willed a pen and a piece of paper into existence and left a note on Aziraphale's nightstand before disappearing into the cold London night. We should do this again, Angel. Soon. (laughs) Games Part 2 of the Enemies with Benefits series Written by Unproblematic Me Read by Literarian Summary Their new arrangement helps Aziraphale and Crowley to find their balance. Despite being no longer employed by heaven and hell, they return to doing their jobs because they are good at it and, let's face it, you are what you are. The world is big, so they could follow their path without bothering each other. But where's the fun in that? Chapter 1 Life was good. Apparently, Crowley's interpretation of what he had seen through the magical glasses had been exactly right. The arrangement all their interdimensional counterparts had with each other was perfect for him and Aziraphale as well. The feeling of pointlessness had faded quickly, and he had gone back to being an active demon. He no longer worked for hell and did not want to do major harm, but still it felt good to dance on his side of the scale again. As far as he knew, Aziraphale did the same for good, so it was only fair to balance things out. Aziraphale's inexperience in the carnal field had not proven to be a problem. Quite the opposite, since Crowley enjoyed to take the lead and to teach Aziraphale. Fortunately, Aziraphale was a fast and eager learner and grew more confident soon. They met regularly, putting their human corporations to good use. Crowley enjoyed not having to hold back when he was with Aziraphale. For one, Crowley could use his full strength without hurting Aziraphale. For two, he did not have to use a memory deletion miracle when his scales broke through his skin or his wings burst out due to arousal. Life was good. Right now, it was even fantastic. Fantastic. Crowley leant against the wall in a narrow side street, his eyes pressed closed in bliss, his mouth hanging open in pleasure and his hand grabbing a mass of soft blonde hair. When he had incidentally run into Aziraphale on his way to the bar, he expected a short greeting and maybe a quick agreement to meet up later. The shy flutter of lashes, the cute blush and the stuttered request to disappear into the alley for a while had been a surprise, but a very pleasant one. Crowley had hesitated because of a business appointment, but he'd had a few minutes left, and being fashionably late was his style anyway. So now Aziraphale was kneeling in front of Crowley, the pretty pink mouth worshipping Crowley's cock. Raphael had gotten extremely good at this specific act, and this angel was a tease. He started sweet and slow, with long, languid strokes of his tongue from the base along the shaft towards the tip. Whenever he arrived at the crown, he withdrew his tongue, parted his lips, and pressed an open-mouthed kiss on the sensitive skin. Then he would return to his torturously slow licks. As the angel repeated this feint for the fifth time, Crowley growled lowly and gripped the blonde curls tighter. Peeking down at Aziraphale, Crowley saw a smug smirk on his face, which disappeared as fast as it had come. Crowley wanted to tell Aziraphale to finally get on with it, but the words turned into a deep, helpless moan when the sweet pink lips parted once more and finally wrapped around Crowley's cock. Throwing his head back, Crowley hit it pretty hard on the cold wall behind him, but the blunt pain was drowned out in pleasure. Azira fell suckled on the tip of Crowley's cock with a satisfied hum that vibrated through the demon's whole body. With a clever swirl of his tongue... Aziraphale set Crowley's nerves on fire before he finally, finally opened up wider and let Crowley in deeper. In a perfect rhythm, not too slow and not too fast, Aziraphale started bobbing his head, taking more of Crowley's cock with every move. Moaning... Crowley put his free hand on the back of Aziraphale's head as well, taking a faster hold on him. Aziraphale answered with a sweet sound of his own when Crowley pulled his hair a little. A grin spread on Crowley's face at that. The angel really liked a firm hand. In his pocket... Crowley could feel his phone vibrate, but immediately turned it off with an annoyed huff. Whatever it was, it could wait. Crowley pushed Aziraphale down a little, testing the waters. The muffled groan was all the affirmation Crowley needed, and he started guiding Aziraphale's head up and down, in sync with the rhythm the angel had set. "'Angel,' Crowley growled. "'You learned that fast. What a talented little slut.' "'Careful at first, but with increasing pace, Crowley started rolling his hips, "'his thrusts matching the bobs of Aziraphale's head. "'You like that, don't you?' he asked between ragged breaths. When I use you like this? Of course, Aziraphale could not answer, but the noises he made were answer enough. So Crowley went faster and grabbed Aziraphale's hair tighter, bit by bit constricting his movements. After a while, it was no longer Aziraphale sucking Crowley off, but Crowley fucking Aziraphale's mouth, and they were both completely fine with it.
1: I'm close,
0: Crowley pressed out. What's it gonna be, Angel? Down your throat or on your face? Aziraphale whimpered. When Crowley looked down on him, another rush of arousal went through him. Aziraphale was a sight to behold. Plump, reddened lips stretched around Crowley's cock, small drops of sweat on his forehead, and his hair disheveled. Despite the overall dirty picture the angel made, The large blue eyes stared up at Crowley, so full of innocence that the contrast made Crowley swallow hard. It was intoxicating. Apparently, Aziraphale left the decision how and where to come to Crowley, and Crowley was very happy to carry this specific burden. When his balls tightened and his cock pulsated in Aziraphale's mouth, he held Aziraphale in place with his hand while thrusting in deeply, the tip of his manhood hitting the back of Aziraphale's throat. With a low, feral sound, Crowley climaxed, feeling Aziraphale swallow around him felt's throat constricted around Crowley's cock, milking the intense orgasm from him, dutifully taking what Crowley had to give. (sighs) After he had finished, Crowley used the wall for support while coming back to himself. When he could breathe evenly and almost think clearly again, Crowley bent and grabbed Aziraphale by the arms, pulling him up and pushing him against the cold brickwork. He stole a filthy and passionate kiss, tasting his own semen on Aziraphale. Need some help, Angel? He rumbled while he cupped Aziraphale's erection through the angel's trousers. Please, Aziraphale whispered, slinging his arms around Crowley's neck. Without hesitation, Crowley let his hand slip under Aziraphale's clothes and circled his fingers around the rock-hard erection hidden in there. It only took a few strokes for Aziraphale to dig his nails into Crowley's leather jacket and find his own release. Thank you, he said quietly. No, I thank you, Crowley grinned and snapped his fingers to clean them both up and fix their attire. Then he sighed a little wistful. Usually I'd propose a round two in a more private setting, but I gotta run. He grabbed Aziraphale's chin. But I promise I won't be a stranger. He gave Aziraphale a last flirty wink and then turned around to meet his business partners. The music, blaring through the sleazy bar, muffled the cursors from the back room so the patrons barely heard them. But the young man in the back room heard them loud and clear. Crowley paced around his clandestine meeting point, confused and angry, trying to sort his thoughts. Of the five young fellows he planned on leading to a path of crime, starting with a small burglary, only one was here. How did Bill's mother even know of our plan? Crowley asked Tyler, who stood near the door, ready to flee. I don't know, Tyler said. Suddenly she stood in the room and started chewing us out. If it was only Bill's mother, why did the rest bail too? Tyler scoffed. Have you met Bill's mum man? Lady scary. Crowley ripped away his glasses, stepped into Tyler's space, glowering down at him with angry snake eyes. Scarier than me? he asked, looming over the boy. Like most people, Tyler believed the yellow pupils to be contacts, so he did not freak out. But usually he was still pretty intimidated when Crowley acted all-demonic. Now he reacted irate. Maybe not in direct comparison, he said, a hint of sarcasm in his voice. But unlike you, Mrs. Willows was here. As soon as she showed up, I tried calling you, but you didn't answer your phone. Yeah, I was... Crowley halted, flashbacks of a dark alley and angelic lips around his cock rushing through his mind, and then finished darkly... Distracted. He clenched his fists and cursed. This little minx... Dude, don't talk about Bill's mum like that. Not Mrs. Willows, you moron. I'm talking about Crowley interrupted himself and sighed. Uh, never mind. You're still here and we can find some others. No, nope, sorry. Tyler shook his head. I'm Artu. I stayed behind to let you know, but Mrs. Willow said if I'm not home by nine, she'll tell my grandma, and I really don't want that. You let me down too? Crowley asked. Come on, Tyler. That's easy money. A lot of it. Sorry, man, Tyler said with an apologetic smile. But if you knew my gran, you'd understand... The devil himself would piss his pants if he saw her mad. With that, Tyler was out of the door, leaving a very annoyed demon behind. With a frustrated snarl, Crowley kicked the old wooden table before sinking into one of the chairs. But after a while, his irritation faded and he started to chuckle shaking his head he stepped to the window and looked out into the rainy night not bad angel he said but you pay for this crowley eyed his prey from behind the bookshelf whistling Raphael put the mail on his desk in the back room and went to get some tea. After a while, he returned with a steaming mug, putting it down carefully next to the letters. When Aziraphale was just about to reach for one of them, Crowley struck. A little shriek escaped Aziraphale as he was seized from behind and pulled against Crowley's lean chest. Before Aziraphale could react, Crowley's lips were already on his, the demonic tongue slipping in. Satisfied, Crowley noted how quickly the tension left Aziraphale's body and the angel went pliant in his arms. There was no protest when Crowley teleported them both into Aziraphale's bedroom and miracled their clothes off their bodies. Roughly, Crowley pushed Aziraphale to the bed and climbed above him. Miss me? he purred. Not as much as you probably think, Aziraphale said. But a little. <laughs> I'll take it, Crowley chuckled. Then he produced a black satin scarf out of nothing, unfurling it in front of Aziraphale's eyes and waggled his brows. Feeling adventurous, Angel? he asked. Aziraphale swallowed, curiosity and trepidation battling on his face. I won't hurt you. Crowley repeated his promise from their first night together with a soft smile. Biting his lips, Aziraphale looked at the scarf and then at Crowley. He nodded. All right, he said with determination and lay back. He brought his wrists to the headboard where Crowley secured them. Just say stop if I overdo it, Crowley said in a reassuring tone. Understood. After tying Azira fell up, Crowley looked down at the body he had gotten to know very well in the last weeks. But just like the first time, his member hardened fast at the sight. Wool for me he said, while his hands wandered over the angel's soft body in a possessive manner. He stole another kiss before making his way down Aziraphale's form. Teeth, tongue and lips worshipped the ivory skin and the enticing curves in a reverent manner, but he did not draw it out this time. Today, he had no intention of teasing Aziraphale. So he arrived quickly at Aziraphale's delicious-looking member, already hard for him. Aziraphale all but screamed when Crowley, without further ado, engulfed his cock with his mouth, taking him into the root. While Azirafel was a promising new talent, Crowley was the master of blowjobs with centuries of experience and a forked serpentine tongue basically made for this purpose. Soon Azirafel was thrashing around, crying out in pleasure and desperation as Crowley, smug and complacent, worked on the angel's cock with lips and tongue. Crowley, I I
1: won't last.
0: Curling his flexible tongue around Aziraphale's shaft while bobbing his head, Crowley made an encouraging noise and a few seconds later, Aziraphale spilled hot and salty into Crowley's mouth. Humming in satisfaction, Crowley worked him through it and afterwards sat up with a confident smile. Had to return the favour, he grinned down at Aziraphale. Permission to have your R's now? Aziraphale cast him a disapproving look and blushed at the blunt question, but then he nodded with a coy smile. Again, Crowley surprised Aziraphale with his pace. Within seconds, his long, nimble fingers were slicked up and pushed into Aziraphale's tight channel. "'Good Lord!' Aziraphale exclaimed as Crowley went for his prostate immediately. Crowley attacked Aziraphale's sweet spot again and again, loosening the angel up, being only a secondary goal at the moment. Soon Aziraphale's cock was filling again, and Crowley at once let his tongue slither along it again. Arching his back, felt stretched his restraints, pulling them taut, but not breaking free. With a dark chuckle, Crowley lifted his head. (laughs) You are beautiful like this, Aziraphale, he said. Helpless angel at a demon's mercy. You wear that look so well. Oh, Crowley,
1: please,
0: Aziraphale said.
1: I, I think I'm ready. We can start now.
0: Start? I already started.
1: You uh, know what I mean, serpent? You can... Oh, God, take me now. Oh,
0: I will take you, Crowley promised. But this... He curled his fingers inside Aziraphale is so much fun. I'll keep going for a while, I think. And he did. rafael moaned and whimpered, wailed and begged, but never said stop. So Crowley kept going until, once more, rafael's delicious body tensed and he came over Crowley's hand and on his stomach. Crowley, he breathed out, weak and worn. That was...
1: Mm, It was,
0: Crowley agreed with a smile. He positioned himself between Aziraphale's lovely thighs, nudging the legs further apart to comfortably fit into the gap. Crowley's neglected cock was rock-hard and dripping, and he poked it against Aziraphale's entrance. "'I assume you're relaxed and wet now?' he asked, feigning innocence. Aziraphale laughed weakly. (laughs) "'You could say that, dear,' he answered. "'Go ahead.' That was not something Crowley had to hear twice. With a sigh of relief, he pushed into the yielding body beneath him and started thrusting. Aziraphale was well prepared and stretched, but his velvety walls fluttered and pulsated around Crowley's cock, drawing him in, gripping him tight. His instincts screamed at Crowley to fuck Aziraphale hard and fast and finally find his own release, but he held back. With slow and deliberate movements, he took Aziraphale, keeping a close eye on his face and his cock. When Aziraphale's manhood began to twitch again, Crowley smirked. He adjusted his angle like he knew Aziraphale needed and moved the tip of his cock against Aziraphale's prostate again. Aziraphale's eyes snapped open and he looked at Crowley in disbelief as understanding dawned on him.
1: Crowley, I already... twice... you can just... But you first. Crowley, I'm not sure this... Come on, angel,
0: Crowley said seductively. One more
1: time. Come on, my cock.
0: Aziraphale whined, probably overstimulated. But he did not ask Crowley to stop. Instead, Azira fell, bit his lips, and closed his eyes, apparently focusing on his body. After a while, he started rocking his hips, chasing his pleasure again. Yes, that's it, Crowley encouraged. Come for me. And after a few minutes, Azira felt did. For a third time, he climaxed. Now with a weak but still unmistakable cry of pleasure. Watching Azira fall apart gave Crowley the final push towards his own breathtaking climax. After emptying himself inside his lover, Crowley sat up. Chuckling, he looked at the angel, who was out cold. Crowley carefully removed the scarf before climbing out of the bed. With a snap of his fingers, the blanket slid over the mattress and unfolded itself over the sleeping angel. Self-satisfied Crowley made his way towards the shop's back room. He went through Aziraphale's mail and quickly found the letter he was looking for. Dear Mr. Fell, I know it is most unconventional, but when you visited us the last time, our whole order was happier, calmer and more at peace. So I ask of you to visit us soon, as we will have to decide on a new superior. I hope your presence will inspire the members of the chapter to make the right choice. Fraternally yours, Brother Marcus. Crowley smiled as he held the letter up in the air. A moment later, the paper went up in flames, the hellfire from Crowley's fingers turning it to dust. A wave of Crowley's hands sent the black remains outside through the gap under the door.
1: Too bad you'll miss this, Angel,
0: Crowley whispered. But don't worry,
1: I'll be there to ensure they'll make an interesting choice. Needless to
0: say, Aziraphale was not happy about this and his retaliation followed just when Crowley thought himself in clear waters. Aziraphale ruined a perfectly immoral company merger while Crowley recuperated from marathon sex under the shower. Of course, Crowley could not just let this slide, which caused two stained glass windows in a nearby church to break and the replacement to look like images of large penises. After Aziraphale was free of the chains forged in hellfire that had bound him to Crowley's bed, he saw and promised Crowley would regret that. Crowley had no idea how and when Aziraphale managed to turn the gambling den Crowley had planned forever into a soup kitchen. But after convincing a Bible study group that booze, music and parties were so much better than, well, the Bible, Crowley felt less angry immediately. So they danced their dance of good and evil, sex being their favorite kind of distraction and weapon. It was all fun and games. Until it wasn't. Part 2 of the Enemies with Benefits series Written by Unproblematic Me Read by Literarian Chapter 2 Crowley licked across the two tiny red marks on Aziraphale's throat, causing a pleasant shiver to rush through the divine body. fell, made lovely noises of pleasure, completely relaxed. After pressing a kiss to the pale neck, Crowley pushed his upper body up to enjoy the view. Moaning he watched his own hips snapping against Aziraphale's lovely arse, the opening stretching around Crowley's cock. Crowley thrust into Aziraphale without having to hold back, and it was amazing. When Aziraphale cried out blissfully after a particularly clever move Crowley made, Crowley chuckled. (laughs)
1: told you you'd like it
0: he said heightens the sensation doesn't it he laughed again as all aziraphale could give for an answer was moaning whimpering and a wild nod bracing himself on his right arm Crowley reverently let his left hand wander along Aziraphale's spine, feeling the rush of the invisible wings. Shortly, he wondered if Aziraphale would ever let him see them fully during sex and whether he could bring himself to show his own. So far, they had never accidentally burst out, but at least for Crowley, there had been close calls. A whimper reminded Crowley of the needy angel beneath him, and he focused on the here and now. He loved the view on Aziraphale's back and arse, loved the feeling of Aziraphale's tight inner walls around his cock and the helpless noises Aziraphale made. While Crowley wanted this to last much longer, he also craved release. So he increased the pace of his thrusts. Underneath Crowley, Azira fell keened and his whole form twitched, but the lust venom Crowley had induced into his body kept him from moving much he had to rely on Crowley to get the friction and touches he needed. Fortunately for Aziraphale, Crowley's own need kept him from teasing. Crowley bent down again to kiss Aziraphale's neck and nibble on his earlobes the way he knew drove Aziraphale crazy. Crowley's fingers quickly found all the sensitive parts on Azira Fell's soft body. He had learned about in the past weeks. All his sweet spots under attack, Azira Fell soon cried out, and Crowley felt Azira clench around his cock as he came. Untouched, with Crowley following suit. When the afterglow had faded. Crowley sat up, but Aziraphale could still only moan and wiggle, a little helpless. So Crowley, with a broad grin, helped him turn on his back. Thanks, Aziraphale mumbled. You're welcome. For a while, they lay in silence, but at some point... Crowley saw concern spread on Aziraphale's face and he could not help but smile a smug smile. Problem?
1: It, uh, doesn't seem to wear off,
0: Aziraphale said. The venom? Crowley asked with barely credible innocence. Don't worry, give it an hour. Two at most.
1: Two hours,
0: Raphael gasped.
1: You said it would wear off
0: after sex. Crowley chuckled. <laughs> I did, didn't I? He said. But did I say directly after sex? I don't think so. And two hours from now is still after sex. Crowley, I have to... Aziraphale began, but bit his lip immediately. Have to what? Crowley asked. I'd love to know, because, you see, while I did find out that you disappear every Tuesday and Thursday, I never found out where you go, you sneaky little thing. But you reeked of divine miracles whenever I met you, Tuesday or Thursday night. So, where are you going?
1: That is none of your
0: business, Raphael said, as authoritative as he could in his state. So not very. Now get the stuff out of me. I can't. Not that I
1: would if I could.
0: Azira Raphael huffed, and with an admirable act of willpower, he lifted his upper body and rolled to the bedside. Groaning, he threw his legs over the edge of the bed, trying to climb out. "'Give it up, Fell Crowley smirked. "'Wherever you're going on Tuesday and Thursday, You won't go there today.
1: Yes, I will,
0: Azirafel said weakly and stood, if only for a second. His legs gave out, sending his weakened body to the floor, which was luckily all of a sudden covered by a fluffy carpet. Amused, Crowley stepped beside Aziraphale. The demon enjoyed looming over the helpless angel, who glowered up at him with defiant eyes. "'Oh,
1: angel!'
0: Crowley cooed, kneeling beside Aziraphale.
1: "'Just give it up.'
0: His fingers drew circles on Aziraphale's naked shoulders. "'You won't make it in time anyway.' "'Might as well let me collect my prize for winning this round.' "'With a weak push, Aziraphale tried to get rid of Crowley, "'but Crowley only laughed at the feeble attempt, "'seized Aziraphale's wrist, and pushed him to the floor. "'Aziraphale struggled. "'Nothing Crowley had not expected,' But unlike his usual behavior, Aziraphale did not relax after a while. As much as his condition allowed, he fought Crowley. Confused, Crowley let go of him and sat up. In Aziraphale's eyes he saw pure panic and the angel was already trying to get to his feet again. Hey, Crowley hurried to say. I thought, I thought, it's just a game. I'd never force you to. I know that, Aziraphale said, exasperated. But I need to get to the hospital, today, now. Hospital? Crowley repeated.
1: That's where you go? Yes.
0: Aziraphale said.
1: I'm an angel. I'm good at healing.
0: Course, but didn't you say you still follow heaven's rules? Crowley
1: asked.
0: You can't just heal people, right?
1: For one, I follow God's rules, not heaven's. And she always preferred humans solving their own problems, Aziraphale said. I can just help them solve their own problems. So, yes, I'm only allowed to directly heal minor things. I can't just let a deadly disease disappear or
0: reattach a severed head. Then why the panic, Aziraphale? Crowley asked. Nothing you are allowed to do can be time-sensitive, right? It can... Azira fell
1: There is this little boy. His condition is serious, but not fatal. If I nudge the doctors in the right direction, they can help
0: him. Crowley swallowed. A kid? He asked quietly. Yes, sweet boy. Azira fell, smiled wistfully.
1: His father is a firefighter, a humble and courageous man who saved many lives. His mother used to be a secretary, but lost her job a few years ago. Every free minute she spends either with the boy or with helping homeless people. I want to help save their child. How much time does he have? Until the tumor kills him? A year, maybe eighteen months.
0: Aziraphale said, as he managed to pull himself up, his balance fragile.
1: But as we established, I cannot temper too much. However, the boy does
0: have an appointment with one of the hospital's doctors today, because he is always so tired. So you wanted to be there, and give a hint? Crowley said. Yes. Aziraphale nodded. Furrowing his brows, Crowley sorted his thoughts. Here. Crowley produced a bottle of water from nowhere and handed it to Aziraphale. None of us can miracle the venom out of your system, but drinking water should fasten the process. I'll help you get dressed and drive you to the hospital. By the time we get there, the effect should have worn off, or at least
1: be minimal.
0: Minimal? Aziraphale asked doubtfully while accepting Crowley's arm for support. Let's say nothing someone as stubborn as you can't handle. The sun was setting when Aziraphale stepped out of the hospital. He still wore the clothes of a staff nurse, looking very natural in the uniform of someone dedicating their life to helping people. Crowley leant against the car, drinking cheap red wine from a bottle, and waved Aziraphale over. Surprised, Aziraphale waved back and approached Crowley. Why are you here again? he asked. Um, not again, Crowley said. I never left.
1: All right. Why are you still here?
0: I thought I could give you a lift home, Crowley said, biting his lip. And I wanted to apologise. I thought I'd keep you from inspiring a prayer group or organising a cake sale. Which would have been good causes too. felt scolded him. Yeah, well, that's the point of me, isn't it? Thwarting good deeds just like you thwart the bad ones. Crowley sighed. <sighs> but I... I don't want to hurt anyone or stop you from stopping someone getting hurt. If people jump into the moral pitfalls I leave, their choice, right? But sickness is hardly a choice. And especially children don't deserve to suffer. Azira fell smiled. I didn't know you had a soft spot for children. I don't. Crowley laughed dryly while he swung his wine bottle around. They are annoying little bastards. Loud, unhygienic and dumb. And still? Still they're innocent, Crowley said, taking a sip of wine. Like really innocent. They don't deserve to be punished for bad luck or mistakes made by cruel or stupid adults. It is not fair.
1: That's even better. What? Not a soft spot, but a sense of fairness,
0: Aziraphale said, still smiling.
1: Oh, shut up,
0: Crowley growled. How's the boy?
1: He will be fine.
0: With a sigh, Aziraphale let himself fall against the car as well. The doctors made a brain scan, found the tumour, and with the operating theatre and all instruments blessed, they will be able to remove it. So, hint-giving successful. Crowley smiled and handed Aziraphale the bottle rafael huffed as he took the offered beverage. Not really. Nurse is the only job where men are taken as seriously as women. Not at all. Well, to be fair, he did not show any symptoms that
1: justified a brain scan.
0: But you just said...
1: Yeah, well, I had to improvise.
0: Aziraphale said, avoiding Crowley's eyes. Crowley grinned and grabbed Aziraphale's chin to make him look at Crowley. Did you break the rules, Angel? No, Aziraphale said. Well, not really.
1: The rules say I'm not allowed to heal fatally ill people, but... But? They don't say I can't make them sick. What?
0: Crowley scratched his head.
1: I pretended to examine the
0: boy and... Yes? I caused an inflammation. fell, mumbled. Crowley's eyes grew wide.
1: You what?
0: I caused an inflammation. Aziraphale exclaimed.
1: Behind his ear. Little cause, huge effect. The poor thing immediately got a bad headache
0: and together with the other symptoms, it was enough for the brain scan. Their eyes met and Crowley saw tears in Aziraphale's. Hey, you said it yourself. He'll be fine now. Crowley said, softer than he ever thought he would.
1: But he must have been so scared when he suddenly was in so much pain.
0: Aziraphale said, voice breaking.
1: And his mother, she panicked.
0: Crowley stepped in front of Aziraphale and put his hands on his shoulders. You saved his life he said. Yeah, that probably hurt like hell and scared him, but he'll survive and he'll feel much better when that thing is no longer in his head. As for his mum, okay, you gave her quite the scare and she is probably still scared because of the upcoming surgery. But you spared her and her husband having to bury their child. Wiping his eyes, Aziraphale took a deep breath and nodded. You did great, Aziraphale, Crowley said with a tender smile. Then he blinked, cleared his throat and took his hands off Aziraphale's shoulder. I mean, this was some great a rule-bending. Not healing the kid, but making him sicker so that others got the right idea how to heal him. Kudos, Angel. Aziraphale let out a noise between a sob and a laughter. (laughs) Thank you, he said. Actually... Crowley smirked, crowding Aziraphale against the car. I think
1: Rule Bending Angel is a new kink of mine. Crowley! Get in the car, Angel.
0: It was literally a miracle that they both fit so comfortably into the back seat of the Bentley as was the fact that not a single passerby saw or heard something out of the ordinary. The moment the car door was closed, Azzy, Raphael and Crowley were entangled. Their hands were in each other's hair, tugging and pulling, their lips moved together in a passionate rhythm shared by their tongues, and their crotches rolled against one another. Crowley really liked Aziraphale in the nurse outfit, but he was not in the mood to slowly get Aziraphale out of it. So he unceremoniously pulled down the trousers and just ripped apart the shirt. There was a protesting sound from Aziraphale, but it was swallowed easily by the filthy, open-mouthed kiss they were still sharing. Besides that, Aziraphale was not exactly careful with Crowley's attire when he blindly fumbled for the buttons of Crowley's shirt and opened them without looking, ripping off at least two. Crowley's hands glided over Aziraphale's chest and the pudge of his belly, the dust of blonde hair soft underneath his fingertips. Impatiently, Crowley nudged apart the generous thighs to slide between them. Still kissing the angel, he took hold of Aziraphale's erection. With a muffled moan, fell swayed into the touch, and his hand wandered from Crowley's hair down his back towards the demon's arse to grab it and pull them closer together. Reluctantly, Crowley broke the kiss to sit up and remove his trousers, freeing his own throbbing erection. When his eyes fell on Aziraphale again, his messy hair, the ripped shirt and the kiss-swollen lips, Crowley felt his cock twitch in anticipation. Can I speed this up? he asked between ragged breaths. Fell nodded wordlessly and Crowley snapped his fingers. With a beautiful arc of his back, fell moaned as his entrance was slicked and widened by demonic magic. Crowley was on him in the blink of an eye, claiming Aziraphale's mouth again while pushing in up to the hilt in one swift move. Crowley knew this would not last long, and somehow he knew Aziraphale knew as well. And they both wanted it this way. Almost frantically, Crowley drove into Aziraphale's yielding body, moaning, growling, and hissing out his arousal, which he chased with pleasure. Aziraphale met each of the demon's thrusts while clinging to Crowley's shoulders, incoherently begging his counterpart to go harder, faster, deeper. When he felt his climax approaching, Crowley circled his fingers around Aziraphale's cock, stroking in sync with his hip's movements. As soon as Aziraphale cried out, clenched around Crowley's cock and spilled over Crowley's hand, Crowley lost control as well. With a deep, guttural sound, he came, riding out his orgasm wildly inside Aziraphale's tight channel. Coming down from his high, Crowley had just enough energy left to roll off of Azerafel before blacking out. When Crowley woke up, it was hot and damp around him. The car smelled of sex, and the windows were misted up. His naked skin was clammy. But he felt good. Great, even. He looked down and saw Azera Fell sleeping in his arms, like Crowley himself, sweaty and disheveled, but relaxed. Trying to shift the weight a little, Crowley moved. An adorable complaining grunt escaped Azera fell at the movement, his hold on Crowley tightening, and he scrunched up his nose. Crowley smiled, reached for a rogue blonde curl to brush it out of Aziraphale's face, and stopped dead in his tracks. What was he doing? What was happening here? Suddenly, wide awake, Crowley sat up so fast that he almost hit his head, and that Azeera fell slid off of him, landing on the back seat with a thud and a shocked squeak. With three fast miracles, Crowley cleaned the car, cleaned Azeera fell and himself, and dressed them both fully. Crowley? Aziraphale asked, sleepy confusion on his pretty face. Yeah, who else? Crowley grunted while he scrambled into the driver's seat.
1: Oh, I guess we fell asleep.
0: Aziraphale yawned. Very
1: astute, Angel,
0: Crowley said sarcastically. Now get in your seat if you want a lift. I want to go home soon. Crowley avoided looking at Aziraphale's face, but the long seconds of silence and the lack of movement in the back seat indicated that Aziraphale was stunned by Crowley's behavior. But after a while, Crowley heard rustling, and Aziraphale appeared in the corner of his eye, taking his place beside Crowley. All right, I'm ready, Aziraphale said, quiet and almost subdued. Thanks for the lift. No charge, Crowley said. I said I would. They did not talk on the way to the bookshop, only the music from the radio filling the silence. Good night. Aziraphale said with a shy smile before he left the car. Yeah, you too, Crowley answered, still averting his eyes. See you. As soon as the Bentley's passenger door fell shut, Crowley drove off, not daring to gaze in the rearview mirror. He would have hated to see Azira fell gazing after him, just as he would have hated to see Azira fell turning away without looking back. <music> Perspectives Part 3 of the Enemies with Benefits series Written by Unproblematic Me Read by Literarian Summary After their encounter at the hospital, Crowley does not know what to make of these strange feelings he suddenly has. So he stays away from Aziraphale for a while. But then Aziraphale leaves London. It's just a game. I'd never force you to... I know that. I didn't know you had a soft spot for children.
1: I don't. (laughs) That's even better. What? Not a soft spot, but a sense of fairness.
0: With a frustrated growl, Crowley grabbed his spare pillow and pressed it on his face to muffle his curses. Not that his neighbours would hear anything he didn't want them to hear, but somehow he wanted to hide even from the empty room how much he was affected. Aziraphale was not at all scared of him. Had Crowley lost his touch? His demonic vibes? Had he gone native? Soft even? No, that could not be. Aziraphale was not afraid of Crowley because Crowley did not want that. Yes, that was it. How in the heavens would he get the cute angel to spread his legs if Aziraphale was scared of him? Nevertheless, it gnawed on Crowley. Sure, he was not scared of Aziraphale either, but that was a different thing. For an angel, it was fine to instead of instilling fear, cause a warm and fuzzy feeling to humans. Aziraphale did that to humans, not to Crowley. After the weird sex near the hospital, well, the sex had not been weird, but hot. The whole ordeal around it, the looks, the conversation, the circumstances had been extremely weird. A week had passed, and Crowley avoided Aziraphale while he tried to understand what was going on. Unfortunately, he had to admit that he missed Aziraphale. No, no, he missed the sex, not Aziraphale. Just the sex. The breathtaking toe-curling, amazingly hot sex with an admittedly cute and not-quite-so-boring angel. However, he was not ready to face Aziraphale again, and so he started hanging around in Soho, watching the bookshop. Even though he was not exactly sure why, he felt the need to keep an eye on Aziraphale. Azir Raphael, for his part, did nothing out of the ordinary. Now and again, Crowley could see him through one of the windows, puttering about the shop, leaving for lunch, returning to puttering, and retreating to his flats after closing time. Everything seemed normal until, after about another week, Azir Raphael, a bag in hand, At late morning, got in a cab and drove away. Frowning, Crowley watched the car disappear around a corner, but in the end, he shrugged it off. Probably Aziraphale was just about to meet an important business partner. Maybe someone had a very valuable book to sell. Valuable enough for Aziraphale to make a house call. Only Aziraphale did not return for the whole day. When the street lamps switched on, Crowley got a bit nervous. He denied fiercely to himself that he worried about the stupid angel's safety. As a demon, of course, he was concerned how much good an unsupervised angel could do. So, when Aziraphale was not back by midnight, Crowley decided to take action. He paid the waitress, who had not been wondering at all why the strange red-headed man had sat in her café all day and half the night, consuming nothing but a newspaper and a black coffee. Then he walked across the street and let himself into the darkened bookshop. Even before they had regular sexual encounters, Crowley had collected a lot of information about his counterpart. It was important to gather as much and as precise intel as you could about an enemy. What you know is dangerous to your enemy. What you think you know is dangerous to yourself. Crowley had once told Huster and Ligger when they questioned his interest in the angel. Lucky for him, Satan heard and was very impressed by his wise words. Crowley never admitted to Satan that he had heard this while watching Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That Master Splinter was one clever old rat. So Crowley knew that by this time of day, or better, night, Aziraphale usually was at home, in his bedroom, his desk lamps light, giving away that he was probably reading. Crowley took a certain amount of pride in being the only one getting Aziraphale tired enough to actually sleep at night. Today, however... Aziraphale was neither reading nor sleeping, at least not here in his home. So Crowley began snooping around. He started his search in Aziraphale's small flat above the bookshop. Crowley took in the faint smell of tea and baked goods, reminding him of the taste on the angel's lips but here was nothing that told Crowley where Aziraphale had gone. In the bedroom, however, Crowley made a find. On Aziraphale's small writing desk, he discovered a flyer for a bake sale that took place today. This was not surprising. Aziraphale loved doing good and eating cake so a bake sale was a great opportunity for him. The event, however, was not in London. The flyer spoke of a convent run by the St. Caroline Order of the Blessed Tongue in a town named Bridge Crowley had never heard of it, so it could not be that famous for its baked goods And even Azirafel would not leave London just to eat simple cake. Well, actually, maybe he would, but it still did not explain why he was not back yet. At first, Crowley furrowed his brow in confusion, but then, with a sudden flash of wit, he grabbed the piece of paper and turned it in his hand. Sure enough, he spotted scribblings in Fell's messy handwriting on the white back of the colourful flyer. Reformed? Danger? ML spotted nearby. Gather more info. Crowley frowned. While this made probably perfect sense in Aziraphale's pretty clever, stubborn head, it did not really help Crowley. At least, gather more info was something he understood, and so he made his way down to the bookshop, to the angel's ancient computer. In a way, it was exciting. A little mystery. A little angel hunt. Sighing... Crowley found that Aziraphale had only turned off the screen of his PC while the machine itself was still running. After shaking his head, Crowley sat down in the desk chair, switched the monitor back on, and was presented with Aziraphale's last visited websites and a still-open text document. In the editor, of course. Careless on the angel's part, but helpful for Crowley. The first website Crowley opened was about the order that ran the convent. Aziraphale had typed the names of the nuns mentioned there into the text document. Okay, maybe he had copied and pasted them, but Crowley did not believe that for a second. Marking some of them with a star. At first, Crowley could not make any sense of it until one of the marked names caught his attention. Sister Mary Loquacious. Crowley might not care very much for the humans who crossed his path, but he never forgot them. One could never know when such knowledge might become important. Sister Mary loquacious, was the cheerful nun he had handed the Antichrist to many years ago. Crowley was not sure what had happened to the chattering order of St. Beryl after it had served its purpose and placed the Antichrist. But the operation was supervised by Huster, who did not like to leave loose ends. So Crowley had always assumed Huster had killed the nuns after they had outlived their usefulness. Since he did not enjoy looking at smoking ruins full of dead bodies, Crowley never went back to check. A quick Google search showed that his assumptions had been wrong. Putting the names Aziraphale had marked in the search bar proved that at least some of them were still alive and they all had one entry in common. Orderoftheblessedtongue.com Apparently, the ladies who had been able to escape Haster had regrouped and formed a new order. Aziraphale, maybe by intuition or thanks to vigilance, had found out and tracked them down. Narrowing his eyes at the computer screen, Crowley went through Aziraphale's browser history and quickly found the website of a bed-and-breakfast in bridge which was, according to their advertising, close to the convent, as well as a petting zoo and the local mustard museum. Crowley grinned. He wrote down the address and was out of the door a mere minute later. He locked the bookshop safely after leaving and slid into his car. Smirking, he started the motor and followed the track of his divine prey. It was a six-hour drive, and when Crowley finally arrived at the convent in Bridgefordreau, the sun was already rising in the east, flowing in red and gold over the picturesque scene the old building made surrounded by bright meadows and dark woods. Crowley parked his Bentley amongst a group of trees, casting them a dark look which made clear that he would not stand for leaves or other kinds of dirt on his car. From the border of the woods, he looked around the area. He was sure he could feel Aziraphale, but the angel was not in sight. Crowley was about to shrug it off as echoes of Aziraphale's signature and drive to the bed and breakfast when he saw a figure walk across the meadow towards the building. Grinning, Crowley watched Aziraphale disappear into the building and followed him. Aziraphale seemed deep in thought, but to be safe, Crowley suppressed his demonic aura as he snuck into the convent after Aziraphale. The angel made his way up the stairs, a miracle hiding him from mortal eyes. Crowley followed Aziraphale until he disappeared into a room on the second floor and closed the door behind him. Judging by the neighboring rooms, it was an office and, judging from the dust all around, a hardly-used one. But if Crowley's sense of orientation did not deceive him, considering height and depth of the building, the room was pretty much the middle of the structure. Ideal for a miracle.
1: Oh no, you don't,
0: Angel, Crowley said with a grin and a low growl. He kicked the door open and, looking as cool as possible, sauntered into the room. Near the window stood Aziraphale. The sunlight streaming over him caught in his blond curls, his deep blue eyes were wide open in surprise, his pink lips were parted slightly, and his right hand was lifted for a miracle. Crowley? He breathed out. A toothy grin on his face, Crowley crossed the room with three long strides and walked Azirafel against an old file cabinet. He grabbed Aziraphale's face and brushed his nose against the angels. Found you, he whispered before pressing their lips together. Crowley did not know if Aziraphale was too surprised to resist or if he had missed Crowley's touch as much as the other way around, but he did not care. When Aziraphale sank into his arms with a sigh, soft and pliant, and surrendered into the kiss, Crowley was done for. A feral sound escaped his throat as he dug one hand into the meat of Aziraphale's hip while the other grabbed Aziraphale's soft hair. Never breaking the kiss, Crowley pressed their bodies together when his hands started roaming over Aziraphale's form. Aziraphale did the same, but where Crowley's touches were greedy and demanding, Aziraphale's were tender and sweet.
1: <laughs> Going soft on me, angel.
0: Crowley chuckled against Aziraphale's mouth and finally went for the buttons of Aziraphale's waistcoat. Crowley could have snapped his fingers and be done with getting them both naked. But there was a part of him that felt that, after searching for hints, playing detective and driving for hours, he should take his time to enjoy his prey after the hunt. So he slowly divested Rafael of his clothes, layer by layer, humming in satisfaction at every inch of milky white skin he revealed. Aziraphale himself was not idle, unbuckling Crowley's belt and opening his fly. When the soft hands found Crowley's cock, Crowley moaned into their filthy kiss. Squatting down fast, he took off Aziraphale's shoes and trousers and manhandled Aziraphale towards an old desk. Upon seeing Aziraphale wrinkle his nose, Crowley chuckled and snapped his fingers to remove the dust which had gathered over time. Better? he asked. A little, Aziraphale pouted. But I'm the only one fully naked. That's unfair. I'm a demon, sweetheart, Crowley said. I don't do, fair. With that, he bent Aziraphale over the desk, another miracle adjusting the height, and draped his own body across him.
1: But you know that, don't you?
0: He asked, while gripping Aziraphale's erection from behind. Yes, I do, Aziraphale answered with a frantic nod.
1: Foul fiends!
0: Hmm, I like that. Crowley stood and moaned while he spread the luscious ass cheeks. It was a miracle that slicked his fingers, but then he proceeded the human way, like he had done with the clothes. Carefully, but still determined, he pushed his fingers into Aziraphale's channel, his cock twitching in anticipation as he felt the tight walls around his knuckles. Satisfied, Crowley heard Aziraphale gasp as the demon found that special spot with experienced moves. Crowley chuckled as Aziraphale began to writhe and kept the angel in place with a firm hand on his back. With skilled and swift moves, Crowley fucked Aziraphale open and had him squirming and moaning under him. When Crowley deemed Aziraphale ready, He freed his own dripping erection and prodded against the angel's entrance. Ready? he asked while the blunt head of his cock spread pre-cum on Aziraphale's arse. Aziraphale nodded and sighed, earning himself a mild slap on the left butt cheek. Words, Aziraphale.
1: Thought you were a man of action, not of words,"
0: Azira felt said, breathless but way too coherent for Crowley's ego. After another slap, however, he moaned, "Yes, I'm ready." I still haven't managed to fuck the sass out of you, have I?" Crowley growled. Maybe this round will do the trick. Crowley slid home and immediately threw his head back in bliss. Oh, he had missed this. Wet and welcoming, but still tight and so hot. For leverage, he grabbed Azirafel's broad hips and started thrusting, listening carefully to the sounds Aziraphale made. When an adorable high-pitched scream told him that he had found the right angle, he smirked. Oh, yes, you like that, huh, Angel? He groaned. Oh, so needy. So desperate for a cock up that lovely ass. Crowley, please. You're lucky. No need to beg, Crowley said. I've been hard for you the moment I was on your trail. Picking up pace. Crowley made sure to hit the special spot again and again until Aziraphale was a sweaty, begging mess. Crowley felt his climax nearing. It had been too long. Again, he bent down so he could reach Aziraphale's cock. Between nibbling and licking Aziraphale's sensitive earlobe, Crowley whispered more of the sweet and dirty things he knew Aziraphale liked. With every word and every movement, a little shudder went through the divine body.
1: I know what
0: I want, Aziraphale, Crowley said lowly. Come on, my I want to feel you tighten around me. I want to hear you scream. After a few more strokes and thrusts, felt did what Crowley demanded. He screamed and spilled himself over Crowley's hand and the desk beneath them while his hot, wet channel gripped Crowley's manhood. Overwhelmed, Crowley followed suit and rode them both through their orgasm. When the tension left their bodies, they slid to the floor at the last second, clinging to each other so as not to hit their heads, breathing heavily, Azira fell leant against Crowley's shoulder, unable to stop himself. Crowley pressed a kiss on the sweat-damp curls.
1: Gotcha, he
0: whispered with a smile, and after a while, he asked,
1: Lift home.
0: Chapter Two The idea of sex had felt curious and eager to try it for himself from the moment he – accidentally, really – watched Adam and Eve doing it. They were so happy and relaxed. But of course, Adam and Eve were taboo for him. And even if not, they were faithful to each other alone. Later, there were other humans Raphael could have approached, but somehow it felt wrong doing it with them. It was not that he was afraid of hurting them. He could control himself quite well, thank you very much. But no matter how much he liked a human, no matter how many interests he shared with them, in the end... The only thing left was always to raise his glass and drink to them, crying to fond memories after they were gone. It was bad enough with the few human friends Aziraphale had made, he could not even bear to think about the heartbreak of mourning a lover. Sure, humans had to bury their loved ones too. But they did so in hopes of a reunion in the afterlife. There was no afterlife for the immortal, though. But the main reason to restrain from human lovers was that there was always this last big secret he could not reveal to them. While others may not have minded, Aziraphale did not want to share his body with someone before sharing with them what he really was. Unfortunately, this ruled out his fellow angels as well. Unlike the humans, they knew, of course, that Aziraphale was an angel, but they did not know him, and if they did, they'd despise him. Yes, the angels knew of his nature and some humans knew of his soul, but nobody really, truly knew Aziraphale fully. But Aziraphale needed a connection for sex, and in his opinion there could be no true connection without sharing the true self. It was ironic to think where he finally found this connection especially since, strictly speaking, it was not a new connection. It was old, very rough at the edges, and not only at the edges, actually. Not exactly pleasant, and yet it ran deeper and was truer than any other fell had. Of course, when Crowley proposed an arrangement that included sex— Aziraphale had reacted with shock and sarcasm even after Crowley had showed him their other worldly counterparts happily engaging in earthly pleasures with each other Aziraphale had hesitated after all Crowley was a demon for Aziraphale he was even the demon the demon who was responsible for Aziraphale failing his first assignment on earth, the one always whiling around in Aziraphale's territory. Never truly cruel, but pretty clever, good at tempting, and really, really, really annoying. And yet. As Aziraphale started to think about his relationship with Crowley, he realized that nobody, mortal or immortal, came so close to knowing him as Crowley. Sure, Crowley did not know everything about Aziraphale there was to know, but unlike humans and angels, Crowley did not believe in a lie about him. Crowley knew Aziraphale was an angel, knew Aziraphale felt more connected to earth than to heaven, and knew Aziraphale enjoyed literature, the theatre, and food. So Aziraphale agreed. Without further ado, he allowed Crowley to accompany him to his bedroom, where Aziraphale gave himself over to Crowley. He did not regret it. Sure, Raphael did not have much comparison, none at all to be precise, but he found Crowley to be an amazing lover. Needless to say, the decision of turning the successful attempt into a full affair was an easy one. For a time being, they even engaged in their exciting game between good and evil deeds and sex. Then the almost catastrophe with the sick boy happened. But Crowley was fantastic as soon as he understood that a child's life was on the line. After Azera fell safe, the child, Crowley waited for him outside the hospital. He listened. He comforted. Then he took Aziraphale in his car. As wild, almost desperate as this encounter had been, it was full of a new tenderness. At least it seemed like it was to Aziraphale. Of course, Crowley had always been careful not to hurt Aziraphale, despite his obvious preference for rough sex. But this time, in the car, there was a reverence to his touches and looks which Aziraphale had not seen before. At least he had never noticed. A hope for something Aziraphale had buried deep down in his heart bloomed inside him when he fell asleep afterwards in the protective embrace of Crowley's strong arms. But then he was awoken by a rather rude demon who apparently could not get away from Aziraphale fast enough. Crowley drove Aziraphale home without looking at him once. Then he bid his goodnight and left. With an unknown aching in his chest, Aziraphale went to bed. He felt something he should not feel. Something that was not part of the deal they had made. Maybe Crowley had somehow noticed and that was the reason he had been so cold? This suspicion festered when Crowley did not show up in the following days. He did not call or write either. But then he was there. Not in the bookshop, but in Soho. Raphael could feel a demonic presence, and by now he could tell Crowley from his brethren. There was no doubt that Crowley was close by. Each passing day the question why Crowley did not just come in and did what he did so well burned hotter. One time Aziraphale was close to go looking for Crowley and ask but did not dare if he seemed too desperate or too invested Crowley would surely back away and maybe never return One morning to distract himself Aziraphale decided to fulfill some angelic duties even though by now it was more of a hobby than a duty most things were done with the right words spoken friendly into the right ear. Only rarely did he need to put in real effort. There was only one item on his list that would need him to leave London. The nuns of the former Chattering Order of St. Beryl the ladies that had escaped Hell's purge after fulfilling their purpose had regrouped and formed a new order. As an angel, he should probably keep an eye on a bunch of satanic nuns, even though he did not believe they posed a threat. Shadwell, his informant from the Witchfinder army, had found some material about them and their ventures. For example, the nuns planned a bake sale soon, which would be a good opportunity to have a look at their centre of operation and to eat cake. But Raphael was hesitant to leave London and, with it, Crowley behind. A thought crossed his mind. What if he tried solving both his problems in one go? Aze Raphael closed his eyes and spread out his angelic senses. There! A familiar demonic presence! Not far away! Just across the street, if he was not mistaken. Crowley was near! Before Aziraphale could change his mind, he grabbed a pen and started scribbling more or less subtle hints on the back of the bake sale flyer. Then he put it prominently on the desk in his bedroom. Afterwards, he rushed to his computer, wildly typing the names of the satanic nuns he knew in a document and marked those of the living. He searched the former and the current name of their order and booked a and b room near the convent. When he was done, he did not delete his browser history, even left most windows open and left the computer running. He called a cab company for a ride to bridge and half an hour later, he was on his way. Aziraphale enjoyed the lovely play of red and blue at the horizon as the sun wandered up behind the trees, throwing its morning light over the woods, the meadows, and the grey stone masonry of the convent. Smiling, Aziraphale took note that the nuns were still asleep. He assumed that being a satanic nun had its perks compared to their Christian counterparts. The nuns of this order prayed and worked as well, but in their own time. Actually, this was one of the few differences. With the whole Antichrist business being put at acta, the order was not really a threat, Aziraphale found. Outwardly, they behaved like their pious sisters, offering comfort, feeding the poor, and collecting money for charities. The fact that they did not pray to her, turned their crosses upside down when nobody was looking, and did not start their days before sunrise was hardly a threat to society. She hated the regular prayers anyway. She preferred to only be bothered with emergencies and actually did not react to those very often either. Besides that... Aziraphale felt no damned aura around the building, so he did not believe there was still an active alliance between the women and Hell. At the bake sale, the nuns had been friendly and warm, Aziraphale feeling no hidden agenda, wish to deceive, or urge to harm. These were perfectly nice ladies. Rafael sighed. He was not needed here. He knew that, and he had known as he had left London. So why was he even here? Because, like a stupid, besotted sapling, he had left a trace, left obvious signs, hoping that a handsome demon would chase him down and catch him. That was why. Shaking his head, Aze Rafael started walking towards the convent. Now that he strolled over the meadow in the fresh air of morning, the cool wind sobered him from his stupid fantasies. He felt very silly all of a sudden. As much as Crowley visibly and audibly enjoyed their encounters, the demon hardly cared enough to go clue-hunting in Aziraphale's shop and then drive for the better part of the day to find him. Being completely honest, it was even presumptuous to believe Crowley had been in Soho because of Aziraphale. There were thousands of reasons for a demon to be there. With a sigh, Aziraphale let himself into the building and went upstairs. None of the nuns were in sight, but they would not notice him anyway, he had made sure of that. His destination was one of the unused office rooms on the second floor. It was pretty much the centre of the building and therefore an ideal place to do a small protection miracle. Heaven and hell were both unreliable at the moment, and Aziraphale would not want the ladies of the St. Caroline order to get into the crossfire. He had just found the perfect spot to do a miracle and lifted his hand as the office door burst open. Aziraphale's eyes went wide. In the frame stood a familiar redhead, tall, slender and unfairly handsome. Crowley? Aziraphale asked unnecessarily. Crowley smirked and crossed the room. Found you, he announced. The next moment he had pulled Aziraphale into a filthy kiss. Aziraphale all but melted against Crowley. Too surprised and too happy that Crowley had come to find him after all, he was in no state to resist, not even for show. Crowley took Aziraphale on an old desk, which he luckily cleaned before, and held him afterwards. Through the haze of the afterglow, Aziraphale heard Crowley offer him a lift home, which he accepted with a slurred mumble. When Azir Raphael could think clearly again, the sun was already full in the sky, indicating that he had been lying in Crowley's arms for quite a while. They got up, getting dressed in silence, but before they left, Crowley spoke. So, what were you up to, Angel? he asked with a grin. "'You're not the type to blow up a convent, be it full of Satanists or not.'
1: "'Oh,
0: as a matter of fact, I was going to use a little protection miracle,' Aziraphale said, his cheeks heating up. "'The nuns seem to be very nice and charitable. I would not want them to get hurt.' Even though Raphael avoided looking at Crowley, he could feel the golden eyes on him. You... Crowley said, a strange timbre to his voice. You... Um... What? They really do no harm, Raphael said. Quite the opposite. They have a very positive effect on the community and are in many aspects more open-minded than a religious order. They do charity work and help those in need. Well, but now that you are here, you'd probably counteract any divine miracle I would place here, wouldn't you? For a while, Crowley did not answer. You know what? He said. Do it. The only people who may want to hurt them are heaven and hell. And fuck them, right? I'd rather not, Aziraphale said with a mischievous tone. But I agree with the sentiment. So he snapped his fingers, protecting the Order as good as he could. Somehow they made it to Crowley's car unnoticed, and Crowley started the motor. Azira felt thoughts drifted off and after a while he was startled by a tapping sound. Confused, he looked up to find the driver's seat empty. Another tap drew his attention to the passenger window. A grinning Crowley looked in and pointed at the door. Oh, Aziraphale followed Crowley's gaze and noticed that he was leaning against the door so Crowley could not open it without Aziraphale falling out of the car. Embarrassed, Aziraphale adjusted his position so Crowley could open the door for him. Thank you, Aziraphale said, and did not clarify if for opening the door or for not sending him flying to the ground,
1: you're welcome,
0: said Crowley with a smile for a moment. A weird silence settled between them. after a while. Crowley broke it by clearing his throat. <clears> throat> We're here, he said pointing at the bed and breakfast. Yes, we are, Raphael said, feeling a certain heaviness in his stomach at the threat of Crowley leaving. Should he invite Crowley to come in for a drink? Strictly speaking, this was the wrong order. Usually, beverages were consumed before they had sex. Just like they sometimes just chatted or joked before going to bed. Would Crowley want to spend time together without the prospect of sex? Not that Aziraphale would have minded another round. But what did Crowley think of it? I could accompany you to your room, Crowley suddenly said. Get your stuff and drive you home. I mean, now that the convent thing is under control, you can leave, right? Or did you plan to see the Mustard Museum? He spoke the last sentence with a smile, but Aziraphale did not return it fast enough, and the smile became a huge grin before Crowley laughed. <laughs> you were planning to see the Mustard Museum. It was a statement, not a question. Aziraphale huffed. Usually, he would say something about the willingness to broaden one's horizon being a sign of intelligence and culture, but right now he was just grateful for a chance of prolonging Crowley's company. Well, yes, no, you're right, he said.
1: I have things to do in London, and I'm all done here, so let's go in and get my things.
0: They entered the building. It was a rather small establishment, with up to six rooms up for rent. Upon stepping in, a large two-winged door to the right led into the dining room, a door to the left into a small garden, and opposite to the entrance was the reception next to the stairs leading to the second floor. Tiffany, a pretty young lady with long black curls, was sitting behind the desk, typing into the computer. When she saw them, she raised a brow and smiled a knowing smile. But she only said, ''Hello, Mr. Fell. How do you like Bridge Petrucifer?'' It's lovely, dear, Raphael felt his cheeks heat up. Good to hear, she said, and turned towards Crowley with a sly grin. And you, sir? So far, I had a great time, Crowley winked at her. Mortified, Raphael grabbed Crowley and dragged him up the stairs. Our rooms are all made for two, did you know? Tiffany called after them. (laughs) I like the girl, Crowley chuckled. I did too, Aziraphale mumbled while he approached the door to room two. He turned the key in the lock and gestured Crowley inside. The room was simple but clean and cosy. A small table with two chairs stood under the window, a comfortable bed with flowery linen stood beside a sturdy closet made of dark wood, and a small door led to a functional bathroom. Sunlight streamed in through the window, which offered a beautiful sight on a lakeside nestling against a deep green meadow. Aziraphale suppressed a sigh. He would have loved to stay a bit longer and explore the small town as well as the lovely nature surrounding it. I don't have many things, he told Crowley. Just get comfortable while I pack my... When Aziraphale reached for his bag to pack it, a large hand caught his wrist. He looked up. "'and stared into Crowley's face. "'An inscrutable expression lay on the demon's sharp features. "'With one swift move, Crowley pulled Aziraphale against his lean chest "'and manoeuvred him against the door. "'On second thought, mustard museum sounds interesting.' Crowley whispered in Aziraphale's ear. It... Uh, it does? Aziraphale stammered. Mm. Crowley hummed. In the right company, everything can be interesting. Exciting, even. Well, I did pay the room in advance. Oh, really? Crowley asked. Well, would be a shame if it went to waste then, wouldn't it? Rafel swallowed. Crowley's hot breath on his skin was a distraction, but the warm feeling in Aziraphale's chest captured him even more. You would go to a mustard museum with me? Rafel asked. Yes, Crowley answered immediately, but then he cleared his throat. In a darker, more demanding tone, he added, You'll make it worth my while tonight. Right, Angel? Aziraphale only nodded, his throat too dry to answer. Good. Crowley said, smug as ever, and took a look at his watch. Museum closes over noon. So, lunch? Before Aziraphale could answer, Crowley opened the door and dragged him out of the room. As they went down the stairs, Aziraphale cleared his throat.
1: Ahem. You know... There is also a petting zoo. Don't push your luck, Angel.
0: The World Was Made for Two Part 4 of the Enemies with Benefits series Written by Unproblematic Me Read by Literarian Summary After meeting in Bridgeport, Rue, Aziraphale and Crowley rearrange their relationship. Time passed quicker than Aziraphale had expected. Of course he had known before that Crowley was good company, but spending a whole afternoon with him cemented this view. Aziraphale found the Mustard Museum to be quite interesting. Crowley visibly did not, but behaved himself. Only now and again he would whisper a sarcastic comment into Aziraphale's ear, making the angel smile or giggle. Sometimes Aziraphale joked back, experiencing a giddy feeling when he made Crowley laugh. As the tour ended, Aziraphale was sure Crowley would want to leave quickly. But as fell passed the museum's shop with a wistful look, Crowley stopped him. ''Where are you going,
1: Angel?'' he
0: said with a grin. ''Don't tell me you don't want to have your own mustard tasting at home.'' fell did not know what to say. ''Luckily, he did not have to say anything.'' because Crowley just put his hand against the small of Aziraphale's back and stirred him through the crowd and towards the shop. Aziraphale's face grew hot at the simple yet intimate gesture. It took all his self-control not to circle his arm around Crowley's waist and press closer against him. Tonight, Aziraphale reminded himself, he would be in Crowley's safe and warm embrace tonight. For now, the hand on his back had to suffice. So, Crowley's voice ripped him out of his pondering. The classic collection, the sweet temptation pack, or the spicy six. The boyish smile on Crowley's face had Azerafell's breath catch in his throat, and again he failed to answer. Um, he just said. You're right, Crowley nodded. When in Bridgebadrew, do as some um, Bridgebadrewers, Bridgebadrewians do. Crowley winked at Hazira. Stacked three packs of mustard and carried them to the checkout where the pleased looking shop manager greeted him. Swallowing hard, Azira fell stared after Crowley. Oh, bugger. Ten minutes later, they were back outside. After stashing the mustard in the Bentley, they went to a nice little tea house. Crowley listened patiently, if a bit amused, to Aziraphale's collected knowledge about tea. At one point, Crowley looked out of the window at the darkening sky and then at his watch. "'Getting late,' he said. "'Let's go back to the B&B.' Hiding his disappointment behind a smile, Aziraphale agreed. He would have liked to explore the lovely town with Crowley by his side a little further, but this day had already been more than he could have asked for, and Hazi Raphael was not going to push his luck. Especially since an early night in with Crowley was not a bad prospect. After a short drive, they returned to their current abode, and together they entered the building. Just as the door closed behind them, Tiffany, one of the establishment's employees, came down the stairs. She smiled and winked at Crowley. When felt saw how Crowley took off his glasses and returned the flirty mimics, his heart dropped a bit. But he shook the feeling off. Crowley was an extremely handsome demon and free to return the advances of pretty women, if he felt like it. Trying to get back into his former good mood, Aziraphale reminded himself that Crowley was going to spend the night with him. Should we order some wine? he asked while he patted his trousers for the room keys, but Crowley shook his head. That won't be necessary. Wine is not necessary, Azir Raphael asked with a smile.
1: I didn't expect you, of all people, to speak those were... Wh- oh!
0: Upon entering the room, Azir Raphael
1: froze.
0: The table had been extended and pushed closer to the window. It was set for a dinner for two with fish, pasta and white wine. Not bad, Crowley said, checking his watch. Tiffany and I make a good team, timing-wise. Aziraphale turned around, giving Crowley a look of disbelief. You organised this? Yep. Why? With a smug grin, Crowley kicked the door shut and sauntered over to the table. He grabbed the wine bottle and began to open it. Well... he said. I had the feeling you'd appreciate some companionable activities before we get to the more primal activities. Again, the charming smile and the mischievous wink had Aziraphale's cheeks heat up. Why would you? I'm not an idiot, Aziraphale, Crowley said while he uncorked the bottle. Okay, at first I didn't get it. I was surprised. You're one clever bastard too clever to leave behind such obvious trails. Rafael swallowed. At first I thought, you must really think the order to be dangerous and therefore were careless. Crowley continued as he filled the wine glasses. But you weren't. You must have known they're harmless before leaving London. Biting his lips, rafael turned towards the window. Not daring to meet Crowley's eye, he stared at the sky, painted red by the sinking sun. Suddenly, there was a large, warm hand on his shoulder and a glass filled with white wine in front of his face. After a short moment of hesitation, Aziraphale accepted the wine and faced Crowley. Crowley took a sip of his beverage. There was a very complacent look on his face and a roguish glint in his golden eyes as they focused on Aziraphale over the rim of the glass. You missed me, Angel, he said. So you lured me here. Embarrassed, Raphael wanted to look away, but was transfixed on Crowley's handsome face.
1: I suppose I did,
0: he admitted.
1: After the incident at the hospital, you did not come to visit any more, but I could feel you nearby. I wondered if you had gotten bored and... And a little angel chase would get me interested again.
0: Crowley finished, a broad smile on his face.
1: Something like that?
0: Aziraphale mumbled into his glass before taking a swig of wine. When he lifted his gaze, Crowley was still watching him. The demon sighed. You didn't bore me, he said almost fondly. At the hospital, it did no longer feel like we were former enemies, fucking now and again. It seemed like we... um, actually like each other. And I hate to admit it, but that scared me. Oh? It was all Rafael managed to say. Yeah. And while I followed you here, I started thinking... Crowley continued. What's the problem with that? Heaven and hell no longer have a say in our lives. So what if we are friends? It's not that our former employers would have appreciated us sleeping with each other, Aziraphale deadpanned. But that's what I'm talking about, Crowley said. We don't let them dictate who we sleep with. Why let them dictate who we are friends with? So, you want to be friends? Why not? Crowley asked. I like you, Angel. Not that I don't appreciate your arse. I really do. I mean, I really, really, really appreciate that sweet, round... I get your point. Right, um, so I like having sex with you, Crowley said, but I also enjoy your company. And since you went out of your way to get me here and spend time with me, I suspect the feeling is mutual. On the night Crowley was talking about, Aziraphale too had had the feeling something had shifted between them. Well, he was sure something had changed about his feelings for the demon much more than he dared to tell Crowley. But it was a pleasant surprise to find that Crowley at least no longer saw an adversary in him. I very much enjoy your company, Crowley, Aziraphale said with a smile. I'd like to be friends. Great. Great. Crowley said, lifting his glass. Friends with benefits, then. Aziraphale tilted his head and frowned in concentration. Benefits? He repeated. I assume we're not talking about social security and welfare here? Snorting, Crowley pressed a kiss on Aziraphale's lips. You sure are something, angel, he chuckled. Come on, let's eat. Aziraphale was laying on his side, Crowley's right hand around Aziraphale's cock, the left between the angel's ass cheeks opening him up. Aziraphale was convinced he was prepared well enough, but Crowley seemed to enjoy torturing him. It could have been hours by now that Crowley's dexterous fingers slid in and out of Aziraphale and kept his cock hard and dripping without granting release. Desperate pleas had long turned into helpless whimpers and moans, now and then answered by a dark and smug chuckle. Aziraphale was completely helpless. Physically and emotionally, he was at Crowley's mercy. But Aziraphale did not mind. With Crowley, he was safe. The feeling of being protected and cherished was something Aziraphale had only experienced with Crowley. Even back in heaven there was only an overall sense of security and this, too, had disappeared when Aziraphale had been put on earth. Even though Aziraphale loved this world and its inhabitants, he had often been scared. Among humans, he was the only one of his kind. Among his kind, he was the only one who loved humans. Aziraphale had been alone most of his life, which could be terrifying in such a large universe. But Crowley... Crowley was like him. Not in every sense, of course, but when it came to his place in the world and his relationship to those who were supposed to be his kin, he came pretty close. Crowley understood Aziraphale, and Aziraphale understood Crowley. Not always, but often. Crowley knew him, but did not judge or despise him. Quite the opposite. Just today, he had declared that he wanted to be Aziraphale's friend. Aziraphale may have hoped for something beyond this, but this was more than he had dared to ask. A nose brushing along his shoulders interrupted Aziraphale's thoughts.
1: You okay, angel?
0: Crowley asked. You've gone a little quiet. Raphael wanted to answer, but an unexpected brush along his prostate turned his words into a deep and long groan.
1: Ah, that's
0: better, Crowley said, very happy with himself. Are you ready to beg for my cock yet?
1: I've, oh lord, been ready to beg for hours.
0: Azira fell pressed out. But
1: oh, you won't let me faint.
0: Oh, terribly sorry, Crowley said in mock sympathy, but ceased his motions.
1: Let's hear it then.
0: With a sigh, Azira fell changed the angle of his head to face Crowley. He tried for an indifferent expression, but was sure he failed. His manhood was pulsating and dripping, his entrance loosened and wet, his whole body taut with arousal, and his vision hazy. Would you please fuck me? he asked, the sarcastic tone he attempted to use coming out as desperate begging. Crowley all but purred at that. Immediately, he lay beside Aziraphale, pressed his chest against the angel's back, and curled around him like a serpent.
1: How could I say no to this? He
0: whispered, "'and applied a light bite to Aziraphale's shoulder. "'Another moan fell from Aziraphale's lips "'as the blunt head of Crowley's cock breached him. "'While Crowley entered Aziraphale, "'he took hold of the angel's member "'and kissed his neck, whispering encouragements. "'Some sweet, some dirty.' Crowley took Azirafeld slowly, every movement a deliberate roll of his hips, every thrust a well-aimed hit against Azirafeld's special spot. In sync, he stroked Azirafeld's cock, knowing exactly how to touch him almost better than Azirafel himself. After a while, Crowley picked up the pace and Aziraphale felt the familiar, nearly giddy, excitement at the prospect of not only his own climax, Crowley would never leave him unsatisfied, but also Crowley's. Aziraphale loved being marked by the demon, outside by Crowley's teeth and nails, inside by his hot essence. Crowley, Azira whispered under his breath when his lover's hips began to stutter against his arms. Angel. Crowley's strokes became faster and rougher, but never too much. With each other's names on their lips, they came together. Azira fell over Crowley's hand. Crowley in Aziraphale's channel. For a moment, they lay still, just breathing and staring into the dark room. Then Crowley pulled out, groaning, and cleaned them both with a small miracle. Despite his exhaustion, Aziraphale turned around in Crowley's arm and pressed his lips on the demon's. Crowley pulled him closer and returned the tender kiss. When the long day and the passionate night caught up with them, Crowley pulled the blanket over them and they fell asleep, entangled with each other. A few months later With a content sigh, Crowley decided that he no longer hated winters. Granted, this was the first good winter he experienced, but it was extremely good. This one was as cold and dreary as most winters were, but still it was not the same. For one... Crowley did not sit in his own flat, large and wide and empty, the walls just as grey as the winter sky, but in a cosy bookshop. He was surrounded by shelves of dark old wood, in midst of a welcoming mess of paper and clutter, in a room filled with a warm orange glow, the cool and dreary winter day successfully locked out. For two... Crowley was not alone. Aziraphale was busy at the moment, but still he filled the whole shop with his presence, full of warmth and kindness. Crowley should find this appalling, but didn't. Yes, winter was very nice, spent in a homey place with a glass of wine and in the company of an angel. After deciding to spend time together outside of their arrangement, Crowley's life had improved. Raphael was educated, smart, surprisingly funny, and just enough of a bastard to be worth liking. In short, a much better conversational partner than any demon or angel Crowley had ever met. It simply worked. Crowley and Aziraphale had just enough interests in common to find things to do together and just enough difference in taste to banter about it. Crowley dared hoping that his own presence had changed Aziraphale's life for the better as well. At least, Aziraphale seemed happy. Speaking of cute angels... Mumbling to himself, Aziraphale came around the bookshelf and stared at a list in his hand. Crowley pretended to be engrossed in an old newspaper. But when Aziraphale came close enough, Crowley dropped the paper and grabbed Aziraphale by the waist. With triumphant laughter, he pulled the squealing angel on his lap and into a kiss. Quickly, Aziraphale stopped struggling and became an eager participant. When he moved away, he shot Crowley a disapproving, yet fond look. Dear, if you don't let me work, I will have to ask you to leave, Aziraphale said. A dramatic expression on his face, Crowley gasped. "'Send me out into the colds?' he asked with a scandalised voice. "'A rather cruel attitude for an angel, don't you think?' "'It would be,' Aziraphale said, unfazed. "'Towards a poor homeless man, not towards a demon with a fancy flat in Mayfair "'and a car worth a small house.' "'Smiling,' Crowley tangled his fingers in Aziraphale's hair and pulled lightly to bare Aziraphale's neck. Between sweet kisses to the sensitive skin there, Crowley pleaded with Aziraphale.
1: Come on, angel,
0: he said.
1: Would you really kick me out?
0: Could you live with yourself? Crowley could feel the vibrations of Aziraphale's appreciative hum as he caressed the angel's neck.
1: Well, behave yourself and I won't have to,
0: Aziraphale said with a sigh.
1: I love you, but you sure know
0: how to make a nuisance of your s- They both froze. Crowley could feel Aziraphale go taut in his embrace, but Crowley was busy with his own racing thoughts. I love you. Aziraphale had spoken those words so freely, genuinely and naturally. They rang true, in more than one way. Slowly, slowly, Crowley left the safe and warm hiding place in the slope of Aziraphale's neck. He moved his head to meet Aziraphale's eyes, and his heart ached as he saw the mortified expression on the angel's pretty face. A thin veil of tears lay over the beautiful blue eyes, and his lips were shaking.
1: Crowley, I... Did't
0: azira Fell stuttered,
1: I don't expect it to no, please there is no pressure. I accept that you you know, please don't
0: usually, it would be adorable to witness the normally so articulate angel battle the words, but Crowley hated seeing Azira felt so distressed with one large hand. Crowley cupped Aziraphale's face while the other made a soothing motion through the blonde hair. He pulled Aziraphale close for a chaste kiss and shushed him. Then he pressed their foreheads together. It's okay, angel, he whispered.
1: I won't run away.
0: Aziraphale swallowed and nodded. Okay, he said quietly. They sat in silence, leaning against each other, Crowley still stroking felt's curls. Angel, he said after a while. I, it's hard for me to say it. Feels strange when I try, but same. I feel the same. Now it was Raphael who broke the contact. Lifting up his head, he looked into the demon's face. You too? he asked. Crowley smiled.
1: How could I not?
0: he asked fondly, twirling a blonde strand in his fingers. You're the best thing in my life. Coming here. Asking for permission to fuck you? Great idea. Following you, suggesting we'd be more than sex partners? Best idea I've ever had. And I had some amazing ideas during my time here. A playful glint appeared in Aziraphale's eyes, Crowley could practically see the sarcastic comment dancing on the angel's lips. But it didn't come. Instead, Raphael leant down to kiss Crowley again. Hmm. Crowley purred in satisfaction. You know that now you'll never get rid of me, right? I'll stay right here making a nuisance of myself. Raphael let out a dramatic sigh before giving Crowley a bright smile.
1: I'm looking forward to it, dearest.
0: The End